Hello, everyone. This is Ria with a quick note. This is a preview of an episode exclusive to Little Stories Premium. Little Stories Premium gives you more of the stories you love and an ad-free, promo-free listening experience. Join by clicking the link in this episode's description or by visiting littlestoriespremium.com. This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Our story today is quite long, and we simply have no time to waste. It's about a large mouse and his many clocks and his brother and the wilderness and time. It's called The Clockmaker. Take it away, Hendrix and Story. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine the picture in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here we go. Hello? Are you open? The door of the shop opens with a jingle. A mouse ambles inside, holding an enormous clock between her paws. It's heavy, clear from the way she moves as she holds it, as if it's taking every ounce of her strength to get it in the door. Once inside, her ears twitch, and she winces at the sound of hundreds of clocks ticking in chorus. The clockmaker is perched on his little stool before a broad desk. He doesn't notice her come in. He's focused on the tiny workings of a watch, at which he peers through a large standing magnifying glass. His assistant, Clyde, leaps into action. Good morning. Yes, what can we do for you today? My dear clock has stopped singing at three. Every day at three, when it should sing, it does nothing at all. Clyde glances at his wristwatch. Well, it's 10.59 right now, so let's see. The clock begins to sing. That's what it should do at three as well. I see. We'll have it fixed by tomorrow afternoon. In fact, come by at 2.45 and we'll listen together as it sings at three. Thank you so much, the customer says, and seems to dash out of the shop as if she can't wait to get away. This is common Customers enter the shop, do their business as quickly as possible, and scurry out as if escaping. Clyde has tried to raise the issue gently. You know, sir, I've noticed that the customers seem a bit startled by the noise in here. 
perhaps we could think about... Clyde, the clockmaker, would interject, not realizing he had spoken. Clyde, get me those miniature pliers, will you? Uh, yes, sir. The clocks tick on, hundreds of them, all day and all night. Every now and then, one ends up off-tempo, and the clockmaker follows the errant ticks until he finds it. Then he takes it to his desk and sets it right again. The clockmaker hears the clocks, but also doesn't hear them at all. They are always present, and he is both as aware of them and as oblivious to them as he is to his own heartbeat. How do you stand it? His brother retorted the last time he visited. Stand what? The clockmaker had said, without looking up, hunched over his desk. The ticking, said his brother, incredulous. You don't hear it, do you? The clockmaker had lifted his head and twitched his ears. Of course, I hear it. But he doesn't. Not really. He doesn't notice much beyond the small clock parts beneath his magnifying glass. The clockmaker is a large mouse. He has a scruffy coat of light brown fur and small eyes that have become nearsighted from his focus on tiny clock mechanisms. He owns his shop and is not required by anyone to wear a uniform. Even so, he wears the exact same thing every day. Sensible brown trousers, a white button-down shirt, and a navy jacket. If you peeked into his closet, located in the tiny apartment in the rear of the clock shop, you'd see four pairs of brown trousers folded neatly over hangers, four white Oxford shirts, starched and pressed, and an extra navy jacket. The clockmaker's assistant, Clyde, is a very small mouse. He is so small that strangers sometimes confuse him for a child. He doesn't mind. He has no say in his stature, and therefore feels no need to apologize for it. He's short. End of story. Clyde has worked for the clockmaker for years, and he knows the shop like the back of his paw. He does all the things the clockmaker can't seem to muster any care to do. Things like greeting customers. May I assist you with anything today? Just browsing, thank you. Actually, could I have a look at that mantel clock? Does it chime? It chimes beautifully, madam. Let me get it down so you can have a better look. Clyde also handles deliveries. You've got another six inches. Good. Yes. Oh, watch out for the fence. Oh, oh dear. 
And he helps customers design their own custom clocks. For the hourly chime, I'd love to have an owl hoot. An owl hoot is most pleasant on the hour. It will take three weeks to make. I hope that's not too... That's wonderful. It's for my aunt's birthday next month. He also welcomes the male rat every day at noon. It's a bright Tuesday on the edge of spring when the male rat arrives on the day our story really gets going. All right, how we doing? How we doing? Good, quite good. And yourself? Can't complain. Although, I'll admit, I'm getting a little tired of old Huxley's pet wolf spider chasing after me every day, like clockwork. Clyde smiles amiably at the joke. Behind his desk, the clockmaker looks up briefly from his work, raises a brow, then goes back to the clock on his desk. Well, Clyde says, you do keep leaving when he chases you, so he must imagine he's winning. Yeah, no kidding. Just a letter today, the male rat says, handing a slim envelope to Clyde. Sir, it's from your brother, he says, holding it out to the clockmaker. My brother? As he sets down the clock he's opened on his desk, a spring goes flying across the room and hits against the wall. Uh, leave it on my desk, the clockmaker says, getting up to retrieve the spring. I'll look at it when I have time. Clyde sets the letter on the growing stack of unopened mail on the corner of the clockmaker's work desk. The mail rat heads out. Say it tomorrow. Weeks pass. Early spring blooms with life. The forest is painted a lush, vivid green. The earth has continued its endless turning. Inside the clock shop, the clocks tick on, unceasing in their announcement of each passing second. Clyde spends his working hours in the shop, then dashes into the sunshine to relish spring's wonders. The clockmaker spends his time working at his desk, his small eyes focused on tiny gears. He spends his nights in his little apartment. He hasn't stepped outside in ages. At noon, the male rat enters with a jingle. How's the rat treating you? Clyde says, knowing an amusing anecdote will follow. Old Huxley's spider's at the vet, so I'm getting a bit of a break, the male rat says with a grin. Just a letter today, he adds, handing a slim envelope to Clyde. Sir... Clyde says, uneasiness creeping into his voice. It's another letter from your brother. It has the word urgent scrawled next to the address. The clockmaker glances up from his desk, a puzzled look clouding his features. A letter from my brother? He sent a letter just days ago. Clyde and the male rat exchange a look. 
sir, I believe the previous letter from your brother arrived in late winter, if I'm not mistaken. The male rat, sensing this is not a conversation of which he needs to be a part, exits the shop. See you tomorrow. It is winter, isn't it? The clockmaker says, peering out the window. Clyde blinks. It's mid-spring, sir. The clockmaker, seeing the verdant green leaves through the window, nods slowly. He reaches for the stack of letters on his desk, rifling through them until he reaches the original letter from his brother. Clyde sets the second letter next to it. The clockmaker opens both and stares at the words. The breath goes out of him. He looks at the pages for a long time, switching back and forth, one to the other, his expression serious. The ticking of the clocks seems to grow louder. At length, the clockmaker folds the letters and stands. My brother is ill. I must go at once. An alarm clock goes off, startling Clyde so much, he literally jumps in the air. It seems it is, in fact, time for the clockmaker to go. Clyde stumbles over to the alarm clock and clicks it off. The clockmaker doesn't notice. He's thinking of his brother, who needs a visit, and his shop, which needs constant attention. He spends a few ticks of the clock wrestling with this dilemma, before realizing it's not a dilemma at all. Clyde, the clockmaker says, you must tend to the shop in my absence. I'll be gone for at least a week. No problem at all, sir. Go see your brother. Please give him my regards and well wishes. And with that, the clockmaker leaves his shop for the first time in months. There is so much more to this story. You can hear the full episode by becoming a Little Stories Premium subscriber. Click the link in this episode's description or visit littlestoriespremium.com to join. And thank you, as always, for listening in.